We are the Wanderers of Western Sydney and it's a real treat today to be joined by the State Member for Blacktown, Stephen Barley. How are you? Great. I'm great and I love talking about the Western Sydney Wanderers and I know that you do. And um, first off, uh, just a question that you can, I'll bowl right up in the slot to you. What, what does the Western Sydney Wanderers mean to this area? Well, it's a, a club of opportunity. It actually gives people of the local area the opportunity to think about the potential of making it to an international level. By having a team in here, a lot of boys and girls are out there every weekend uh, and soccer is one of the most popular sports to participate in. So it's the, the field of dreams for people to play in the under sixes and think, well, if I do the right thing, I can end up at, as, a, as a potential wanderer or at least uh, be a fan of the Wanderers and, and cheer them on at an international level, as we've seen with the Gold Star and being the only Australian team ever to win the, the Asian Cup uh, Club Challenge there. So it's just wonderful having that opportunity to know that you could potentially start as an under six and play, kick the ball around, and one day finish it playing with the Wanderers in Australia. So it's just completes that whole cycle and that journey of anyone who wants to, to go for greatness in their sport. We, we, you mentioned Field of Dreams, and, and I've mentioned that quite a bit myself over the course of time. Um, it, it, it lends on Kevin Costner's movie, obviously, but uh, when you think about it, uh, it's extraordinary. The, the facility is world-class. Well, here I always refer to the spiritual home of the Wanderers is Blacktown. So it was right at the beginning, I think, their first game that they ever played was in Penrith and their second uh, trial game was at Blacktown International Sports Park there, the old um, Blacktown Olympic Park, the athletics warm-up track. Uh, and it was great to see a huge crowd turn up. Uh, and you can see that it was we're on the cusp of something great when at a trial game, you literally had about six, 7,000 people just popping in, curiosity. You know, they hadn't played their official first game yet. They were just still finding players at that stage. Uh, Tim and you, Tim and I, you, you, we could have gone on and pulled on a jersey at that stage. I don't think they had a full well, squad I'm, on. That had a double XL for me. Yeah. Yeah, same as my size. But anyway, <laughs> we could have lined up in the goal mouth yeah. there, stop any balls coming through. But uh, it was just brilliant watching uh, so many different Western Sydney players coming together uh, to start their, uh, to restart their careers, many of them, because some of them were obviously getting a little bit longer in tooth, but saw an opportunity to uh, get motivated to come home and then you're looking at Western Sydney, the strength of soccer and sport in general. It was just this massive momentum that was there. And, and you were there from the start. It didn't just happen, did it? It, it, uh, it took a little bit of argy-bargy to get it going. Well, it did because uh, there's the, the element of the public support was always there. Uh, then where do you base this dream? Uh, where is it going to be? So there was a lot of competition amongst different councils of what they can offer. Obviously, uh, the FFA was in control of the Wanderers, wondering what was the best location. Uh, when you're talking about Western Sydney, we're talking about a massive area, massive population. Uh, and essentially, everyone wanted a bit of the action. So as far as council is concerned, we wanted to be there. There was a lot of discussions with uh, JT. Uh, and uh, everybody else at the time uh, that was involved. Uh, so essentially, you know, Blacktown put itself forward to say that we have this facility, lots of, at that stage it was just green open space mm. down where they are now and saying, 
believe us, yes, you can put a team out there, uh, and uh, negotiating with the councillors, because obviously even from a, a financial viewpoint for the ratepayers, what's in it for the local ratepayers? Because you were mayor back then, weren't you? Uh, or, yes, or uh, was, I was in local government, I was on Blacktown City Council in 2014, I became mayor at the, uh, I suppose at the tipping point when a decision had to be signed off and I was fortunate enough to be the mayor to sign off on the Wanderers deal to come to Blacktown. Uh, obviously my predecessors, uh, mayors, uh, were negotiating with um, the Wanderers and Blacktown Council uh, the CEO uh, at the time, Ron Moore, and then onto Kerry Robinson. So we're all involved. So mm. it, it's uh, you know we're all custodians marching through time, and uh, it's important to acknowledge the the history of the the mayors, Len Robertson before me, and Charlie Lowes, who was a, a, a great soccer buff. Um, Alan Pendleton played at the NSL level. Mm. So um, you know you got uh, mayors before me that as soon as they heard about the Wanderers said we've got to have a, a piece of this action we've got to be there so they all worked pretty hard at the time to to make the the Wanderers dream come true so then we had to work out the argy-bargy obviously as the yeah. financial constraints etc some hiccups along the way there some of the councillors weren't too wild about the the plan that we were putting together but in the end we came together with a successful uh, plan, I've got to say, uh, one, even with the Wanderers there, you had uh, Paul Lederer at that stage had taken over as uh, the chairman of the board. David Slade uh, was relentless in his work and trying to um, put together a deal that was beneficial for the people of Blacktown and Western Sydney, as well as uh, having the opportunity for Wanderers to grow. So there was lots of negotiations behind, and I think it's is looking at it today, uh, how wonderful, uh, and I don't think anyone probably would have imagined it to be of that quality that it was um, when we were first talking about it. We did talk about the number of football fields. We did talk about, you know, it wouldn't be great to... One day, we still it's on the plans there to have a clubhouse, a hotel and other things, so there's still potential for growth in that sector um, that uh, where the Wanderers are, but... Really, if you look at that whole sporting precinct, because it's not just the Wanderers on their own, they are part of the, the big jigsaw puzzle of sport. Because my ultimate goal is really just to get people interested in sport. What sport they land on, who cares? And people during their career would start with, and when you say football, what is football? You know, you've got soccer, AFL, rugby league, rugby union. Uh, all of those sports are covered in our area. Not only that, you've got athletics, netball, uh, softball, baseball, you know, that whole precinct there is just a fabulous, you know, light on the hill type precinct there where kids can go for their dreams, really. Start from their local sport and then work all the way up to a, an international level because it's a former Olympic site. You know, we've got to be proud that in 2000, the softball, baseball was hosting Olympic Games out there and the athletics field there was the warm-up track and it's the only one, sorry Tim, you probably want to get a word in, but that's the only New South Wales track that's a Mondo athletics um, track and you might say, what the hell is a Mondo? Olymp that's an Olympic qualified or Olympic um, quality track. It's an Italian company that since the 60s supplies um, the tracks to the Olympic Games because it's the fastest and best surface to run on. It's the only one in New South Wales, and it's funded by Blacktown Council. So 
state take note. He should help us out <laughs> maintaining yeah, uh, an Olympic. A nice, little, a nice little message <laughs> to your opponents there. Uh, now, you must be proud. You must be proud. I know you don't get into public life for the accolades or the awards or to sign off on things, but w when you are at the game or you see the Wanderers pop up on your television, there must be a sense of pride inside of all of that because um, it, it, it is all entwined in that whole idea of Western Sydney aspiration Western Sydney, you know, there's something about being a Westie that we're all very proud of. Well, it is, and I'm foundation, my whole family, we're foundation members of the Wanderers and uh, go out to the games as much as possible. But just to sit amongst the, the crowd, it's absolutely brilliant because, as you said, Tim, uh, the Westie mentality is a little bit different to everyone else. I think it's that traditional Aussie ochre, you know, wherever you sit, people love to have a, a go at you in a nice way it's just you'd be sitting there and um enjoying it and it's amazing how many people from blacktown sit around the area where i sit and uh just the the, the barbs that they throw at each other when there's a quiet time in the game people would have friendly um chats or uh messages to each other but even when the game's on you know i remember the great shinji ono when he was playing and you may recall in the first part of the season we weren't doing too well and these people would be just giving it to Sinji, you know, saying how bad he is, hopeless, what are we doing? And then suddenly in week six when he scored a couple of magic goals. How good he? Yeah, um, not only that, they were like in tears behind me. They'd be like, we love you, Sinji. <laughs> it's a bit like working in TV and politics. <laughs> yeah, it was just funny. It just, you only have to score a goal and the whole atmosphere changes. But I've got to say, now, especially that first season, when we lost and or we were just drawing and we were at the bottom of the ladder and it looked like it was going to be a, a, a long season um, and we end up winning every game in the second half of the season and winning the premiership there. Uh, but, you know, when we were losing, it was still nine, ten thousand 10,000 people turning up week in, week out. You know, it's just as long as the players put in an effort uh, and that's what Western Sydney is about, have a go. Absolutely have a go. And, and I have covered sport for a long time, three decades in radio and television and all around the world, thankfully, I've been very fortunate. But I don't think I've ever seen a sporting team grow in the manner in which it did, with the pace it did, mm. and get inside the psyche of families like it did. Well, look, I, I think in one way, not to underplay it, the Wanderers was filled a void and a need in the local area. Uh, so any team that you would have put up there, you can call them anything, and they would have had that instant reaction where people would have been involved because you, you look at the history of this across Western Sydney in the old NSL days, you know, you have... Uh, and they're still out there, some of these clubs. You know, Polonia uh, is uh, a good Polish uh, community team. They still play in the, the Blacktown District Soccer Football Association <laughs> League, Blacktown City... The Town Rangers, uh, Prospect, all these are in the um, the MPL, uh, playing at senior level across the district now. But many of them, uh, Blacktown City, has got a long history and lots of great players have gone through there. So they all participated. And if you go to the Marconi's right across Western Sydney, there's so many teams that have played at a national level when we used to have the old national competition. And suddenly... The A-League comes along and no one from Western Sydney. And look, a lot of people out here went for Sydney FC. I've had got an old Sydney FC uh, jersey. That you've burnt. 
Ah, uh, no, I'm I've joking. It. Uh, it's at the back of back of back of the cupboard yeah. there, you know. Um, now I'll be in trouble because people will say bring it out. <laughs> but uh, and uh, Dwight uh, Dwight York, um, well, you've got to keep that. yeah, signed uh, jersey by him. So how good was he when he came out? Um, but uh, as soon as the Wanderers came, I just switched. Like I was a, also a Swans fan. As soon as the Giants came out, I switched. But you people know. got on board the Wanderers. Yeah, people got on this train. Yeah, straight away. At the opening station, people were jumping on. It was huge crowds uh, as well as membership. So it was really important. They filled that void. There was a need. But more importantly, the players responded. The um, the management and the FFA um, then supported it because the, the player engagement in the local area, the team, they actually embedded themselves. So instead of just taking the market and exploiting it and maximising you know, their profits or whatever, uh, and you don't make money in sport, but what I'm just trying to get at, they could have just taken from Western Sydney and still be a success. They actually, the Wanderers, the management, um, Lyle Gorman and everybody else, from the original management through to the current management, JT and, and Paul Letterer and everyone else, is wants to embed themselves into the community. That's, they are Western Sydney. Yeah, and by looking at the money they've invested in building the fields and getting the women's team up and supporting the local community, you know that they are true to their word. Nothing infuriates me more in life than when I hear all this jingoistic garbage about how we're not a multicultural society and Australia is this and Australia is that. That you know you and I are both on the same mm. page here. We, we, we are the greatest world success story of multicultures. And Western Sydney is at the epicentre of that. You look at you and I here sitting opposite each other. Your, your, your heritage, Bali, I was wondering before, it, it goes back to Hungary. My mother was born in Lebanon. My father's heritage is Ireland, England. And everyone through your offices where we are today in Blackcamp would have their own uh, beautiful, colourful story. Well, absolutely. The um, Blacktown City is uh, probably the most multicultural place in the world, given that there's 188 nationalities. 195 in the world, according to the United Nations membership. So we almost got everyone here, um, obviously from smaller populations to the fairly large. So multiculturalism works, it has its challenges. Uh, it's about how do we harness the energy, the vibrancy and all the good aspects of everyone's individual cultures to bring into the melting pot of Blacktown, which is basically a microcosm for Australia. Um, yes, there's issues in people's homelands and sometimes there's, that spills over to here, but we've got to acknowledge it, we've got to work with the community, people have got to have the right to say, because in the end we've got to encourage people to keep their language, keep their culture and understand and pass it to generations, because that's what is part of the person. Uh, and if you think about Western Sydney, especially the Blacktown City area, it's the, the stats is mind-boggling where last I saw with the ABS, it was like 49% of everyone that lives in the city of Blacktown was born overseas. And to me, I, I just as I drive to work, I'm a Dooney boy, moving from Dooneside to Blacktown to, to work, to my office, just sometimes I think about it, I go, every second house, arguably, everyone was born overseas. It's amazing. We're, yeah. we're talking to Stephen Barley state MP for Blacktown uh, on the wanderers of Western Sydney. And, and that point that you made there about people coming from overseas and, and, and the beautiful, colourful backgrounds that everyone has, here's an opportunity with the Western Sydney wanderers. And we have programs through the foundation where those from all over the world who come from very, very difficult circumstances 
some very, very traumatic backgrounds, early lives which were just, you know, most Australians couldn't even comprehend. Here's an opportunity through football, through the Wanderers, through what is represented here for a way out, for a, a bright and exciting new life. Well, if you look at some of the programs that the Wanderers have done over the last few years, in, including now with the new fields, with the, the African Cup, um, as, as you said, a lot of people have come from a traumatic, uh, war-torn background. And I've got to say that the, the history of Blacktown is that. And we just had the wonderful Australian Catholic University open up a campus in Blacktown, a multi-faculty approach, which is another... Um, opportunity for people but it's actually named the campus after saint josephine bacati uh, who basically is african born and was uh, basically sold as a slave and took a while for her to be freed and then joined a nunnery and then um, became uh, and gave her life back to service so he's a person as a slave going from adversity to turn into something positive and um, and the last decade or so being declared as a saint. So they've named the Blacktown campus after her. So what's significant about that? If you look at the history of Blacktown, um, and, and we've got to take the good and the bad aspects of it. So if you look at 1823, uh, the Native Institute site, the f really the, the first or second group of what's termed as the stolen generation started here. Um, it, it, in Parramatta in the 1810s was the, the first Aboriginal um, uh, education facility built and then the second one was here in Blacktown uh, where people, where Aboriginal people from right across the colony of New South Wales stolen from their families as kids and educated in the ways of how to, uh, I suppose, the, the colonial life of women to do domestic duties, men had to learn about farming activities and learning the English language. So people were stolen from their backgrounds in 1820. Then we fast forward that to the World War II where so many of the um, people fleeing after World War II coming out to Australia, where could they afford to settle was in the Blacktown area, which was fairly small, Spartan, um, and a fair distance from, uh, from Sydney and everywhere else. But we were a growing community then go into the 50s, 60s, um, where communist Russia, the Soviet Union, sorry, uh, was taking over the, the, the place. There was revolutions across Hungary where my parents fled in 1956, fighting the, the, the communists there, settling here in Australia. But so many from Croatia, from Serbia, from Poland, from... Uh, now starting to get into trouble, aren't I? We have to name every Eastern no, Bloc no, nation. We'll, we'll, we'll cover them off in all those other countries. <laughs> yeah, all those world. other countries with a revolution. Then we move. Up, then we moved to the 1970s with the the Vietnam War. A lot of the Vietnamese came out and settled in this area. Then uh, go through to the modern era where people from the Middle East and, and from Africa um, leaving worn torn countries. So the city of Blacktown's had people that have come from adversity. But one thing that brings people together is sport, to give people, as you said before, Tim, an opportunity to look at where do we go into the future, what opportunity, and, and sport allows that camaraderie, allows people uh, to share experiences in a fun, you don't have to even be in a competitive atmosphere, but you know you can go for your clubs and et cetera, but at the same time, just kicking the ball around brought people together, and that's what's, and the wonder is just really, um, take the model of uh, the multiculturalism across and 
and actually work with people to give them opportunities to use their facilities. Most people, even if you don't ever play for the Wanderers, there are opportunities and open days that you can go down and just walk around. Just to walk on the hallowed turf mm. is just wonderful. It just, you know, lifts me. It makes you feel good. <laughs> and, and look, just chatting, just chatting to different individuals. I love it. Obviously, uh, communication has been my life. I love people's stories. Um, communicating is such a wonderful thing. And if you, if you actually ask someone a question, it's extraordinary sometimes what the answers can be. And here in Western Sydney, as we've mentioned, people from all different parts of the world. I look at your heritage, heritage Hungary, where your parents came from 1956. Mm. The Olympic Games were being held in Melbourne. That was when there was the blood in the pool, water polo, uh, infamous game, Hungary versus Russia, where there were Russian tanks or uh, Soviet tanks. Uh, on the streets of, of Hungary and then there was the replay in 2000 where Hungary won? Yeah, it was uh, for the, the Hungarian community, obviously 56, going through a revolution and the Hungarian um, water polo team has always been up there uh, winning many gold medals over many decades. But uh, for the Soviet Union diverse Hungary in Melbourne, I don't think the Australians were quite aware of the, the hatred between the two nations and what communism meant. Um, and and so when you had the the actual game, as you said, Tim, there was the, uh, the blood in the pool where people were just... Uh, you know, just attacking each other and ripping their skin off each other where the, the water was blood red. But um, good to see in 2000 that uh, communism was way gone in, uh, in, in Russia then and uh, having the, the, the modern era coming through. But it was good to see the, the replay of Hungary versus Russia and Hungary this time winning uh, <laughs> in, in better circumstances. But it's just an example where sport becomes infreded into... The, the, the local community uh, and the athletes are all caught up into the world events at that particular time. And as we've seen with the Black Lives Matter uh, movement and a whole range of other things, you know, I know there's the debate about whether sport should um, yeah, be political or not, but sometimes you just, you just have to go with the flow with what's happening in the community. Uh, 68 in Mexico, yeah. Yes, exactly, and, and, and there's so many different examples right mm. throughout um, time and, and looking at uh, even with the cricket uh, in South Africa and, and the Springboks for the rugby union, uh, you know, you've got to make a stance, but you can't expect a, the football players or sporting people to do the stance on their own. It's got to be a encompassing where government has to do their bit first before you expect a sports person because we saw in the 1980 Olympics really so many um, people boycott from Australia to go to Moscow and yet so many of our athletes have put in so much time and effort um, where the government didn't have the intestinal fortitude to take on uh, Russia back in those days or the Soviet Union um, but expected our athletes to take up the political hard yards. That's wrong. And there's uh, so much regret amongst a lot of those athletes. I've interviewed many of them. They said, well, I can't believe I didn't go in 1980. Now, you had a, you had a sporting career. You're a judo. I'm not, I'm not yeah. going to take you on here. You, you, <laughs> you won't want anyone in Parliament to have a crack at uh, Stephen Barley. <laughs> well, that was years ago. Sometimes I dust off the judo suit when the Blacktown City Games are on and they run it. Uh, I've got to say, uh, in my current age, in my current fitness... 
uh, to whack on the judo suit within 10 seconds and starting to fight up again, uh, I realised why I'm retired and should stay retired. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was a it was a great sport. Uh, once again, uh, as far as a sport and multiculturalism, I suppose. I took my old judo suit when, uh, in 1990, I did a little bit of a backpacking tour around Europe. Uh, I took my judo suit because essentially judo is a Japanese sport and all the commands are always given in Japanese. doesn't matter where you are in the world. So what a great sport that you can travel around the world, turn up to the local dojo, as they call the judo mm -hmm. hall, practice hall there, beat up somebody and then go out for a beer afterwards. You know, what, what other sport can you do that well, in? My, my kids <laughs> love that Capricorn, which is, which is all that stuff. Yeah, and you were pretty good at it, though. Well, in, 80, yeah, in 89, I um, got uh, what they call the RSL state title. So to, to win that was, was a great honour. Um, it was 1990, I think, was the Commonwealth Games. And um, after the Commonwealth Games, I didn't compete there, but uh, I remember taking on the... The rep from Australia for the Commonwealth Games, uh, when he came back here, and it was like two tournaments within two weeks of each other, and one was at the State Homebush Centre when um, uh, we we competed, and uh, I got absolutely smashed in about two seconds or something. Because if you do the wrong slight move in judo, they can just slam you and mm. end of the game. And then uh, that that was sorry, the Fisher's Ghost down in Campbelltown, and then two weeks later was the state titles and. It was funny when we were getting up to, to compete, um, so, uh, someone said, oh, watch him, because I was an old veteran type of thing. So, uh, and this other guy was obviously fitter, younger, and uh, the Commonwealth Games rep. And he said, oh, I'll be back in a second. And, you know, you never play down your opponent. And I've got to say, I held him to a scoreless draw. We went for the full five minutes, and he was just, he was buggered after it. But... Yeah, it goes for soccer, it goes for any sport. Don't underestimate your opponents. You just don't know where they get their next best game. Uh, and if you don't treat them with respect, you just motivated your opposition. So, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so I had a bit of fun there, but uh, I've got to say, I went on to other things and uh, sport for everybody. They should do some type of sport. Oh, absolutely. And there is opportunity here, isn't there? Which, mm. which for a long time, you mentioned uh, the patterns of immigration. Um, and there was no infrastructure. At, at times, there really was nothing. Um, now there's a lot, uh, and it's growing every day here in Western Sydney. And, and I would, you know, not just because we're doing this podcast for Western Sydney Wanderers, but that is the, the centrepiece. That is, that is the big infrastructure here. Well, there's a lot of infrastructure, but more needs to be done. And I think what we need to do uh, is to sit down with the government to work out, well, if we're going to have half of Western Sydney's population... Oh, sorry, half of the Sydney Basin's do population... Much to, do, 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 does the sitting government listen much to Western Sydney? Um, look, they have their favourites. Uh, and sorry to be political, but I, I just see the government sees uh, Western Sydney like a donut, and the hole in the donut is Blacktown. So if you look at the, a donut and the, the icing on top, you can see the north is really your, um, the hills area or, or, or um, Hornsby to the west of the donut. You've got Penrith. Um, down south, you've got Liverpool, Campbelltown, and to the east, you've got um, Parramatta. And they seem to just talk about that as Western Sydney. The biggest part of Western Sydney is the city of Blacktown, currently with 400,000 residents, and we're going to, and which is larger than Hobart, you know, almost the equivalent of the ACT. By 2041, which is only 20 years away, um, and if you think about the Sydney Olympics that we just talked about, mm. that seems like to most of us yesterday. Mm. Uh, tomorrow will be 2041, and you're going to have over 600,000 people living in Blacktown. 
by 2035, 15 years' time, if you look at the growth projections of Tasmania and Blacktown, Blacktown City will have more people than Tasmania. So what we need to do is right now, what I'm calling on for the government and everybody else, you know, put politics aside, let's step back and think about what is the infrastructure required. If you look around, there is no eight basketball indoor stadium anywhere in the Sydney Basin. If you go down to Melbourne, there's a couple of them. Uh, they're even talking about building a mountain regional New South Wales, which is wonderful, but unless you want to house the entire town in there, uh, we need it in Western Sydney. People love their basketball. They love, you know, you need indoor facilities for indoor soccer or, or indoor cricket, you know, because when we have these massive rains, uh, you've got to have an opportunity to go somewhere. I think where we're lacking is having a strategic overview of what can be delivered and what is needed and how do you place it. Uh, and, and people need to take on board the city of Blacktown and its role within Western Sydney. Uh, and instead of just keep talking about an Airtropolis where there's a few cows around the place and saying, oh, one day there'll be a university there and you know, in the next 20, 30 years there'll be 200,000 jobs. Well, there's almost 150,000 jobs in Blacktown City right now. And you need to make sure that we grow uh, with jobs and opportunities here and across the whole of Western Sydney. All right, finally, um, as a father yourself, um, Western Sydney Wanderers, you were there, you signed it at the time uh, in your role. What does it mean to you, all-encompassing, as a family person? Because I think that that is another great messaging of the Western Sydney Wanderers. It's a family club. I was just about to say, you took the, the words out of my mouth there, Tim. I was just about to say, it's a family club. They've really always try to, to work out, um, if you look on game day, there's all those activities outside the stadium as you're walking in and, and trying to help um, the younger children to keep themselves amused. There's all those different activities uh, that they try to do is bring the families together and then try to make Western Sydney one big family. And, that's, uh, and they're succeeding in that. And it's just wonderful, the atmosphere, the collegiality, the comradeship that they try to um, bring together but it's up to us in uh, Western Sydney to adopt the Wanderers which I think has happened since day one uh, the players are great um, and it's just as long as they try to do their best we're happy with that uh, hopefully win a, another gold star one day or at least a the premiership one day, you know, we've won the plate a few times but <laughs> got to win that grand final elusive grand final one day but yeah, it's all about family and you've got good times and bad times and, and I think uh, Western Sydney Wanderers harnesses that really well. Stephen Barley, thanks for being today's Wanderer. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Tim.